So what I want to do, I want to start, let, let's start in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 in the Amplified Bible. We're going to start there, mainly because it's, um, it's one of the foundations of everything we're going to talk about today. So Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible. It says, because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 says, for with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and is so justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth he confesses and declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. This right here is faith in action. We talked about last week, faith without works is what? Muerto, dead, exactly. So we want a live faith. Bench warmers are still struggling with this issue. Think about it as being uh, in a giant race. And everyone that's been blessed or started to see some of that overflow has taken off. And you are still at the beginning, at the starting line, wondering, Lord, how come it's not happening for me? So we're going to talk about that a little bit today because we we have to get from, okay, we acknowledge that we have an issue. How do we correct this issue? So let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, shall we? So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. No, verse 8. Excuse me, I apologize. Verse 8, and we're going to read down to the 14th verse. So Ephesians 2 and 8 in the Amplified says, For it is by free grace... God's unmerited favor that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. So we talked about this last week. Through your faith, and this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. So like most gifts, we want to receive the gift. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast, It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we shall walk in them, living the good life. Who wants to live the good life? Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. He has the good life ready for you already. Prearranged and made ready. So when we talk about it being already done, what is already done? This pre-made good life is already arranged for you. Therefore, remember that at one time you were Gentiles, heathens in the flesh, called uncircumcision by those who call themselves circumcision, itself a mere mark in the flesh made by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded from all parts of him, utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation. So you got nothing. And strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise, with no knowledge or right in God's agreements and his covenants. And you had no hope, no promise. You were in the world without God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were so far away through by in the blood of Christ have been brought where? Near. Near. 
For he himself is our peace, our bond of unity and harmony. He has made us both Jew and Gentile, one body, and has broken down and destroyed and abolished the hostile dividing walls between us. He said he's done away with every single thing that kept you from receiving the good life. Now, verse 10 is what I really want you to pay attention to. And I'll read this back again for you. He said, we're God's own handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So the moment that we decided to take Romans 10, 9 through 10 and make it reality, he remade you in the image of his son. He literally took the top of your head off, took all of the old junk, and poured in Jesus himself inside of you. Now, the interesting part about this is that once he's done that, he wants you to walk this plan that he already has for you. But yet, we haven't received that plan yet. When you've been given your own internal GPS to take you to that place. And what God wants for each and every one of you, even just individually and collectively, as a church, is for us to get out of his way and let him drive. So imagine waking up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you see your lovely, smiley face, and in return, you should see the reflection of Jesus Christ. That's what you should see. Because basically, that's what's inside of you. Should be showing on the outside. And you and your nice, handsome, beautiful reflection should get ready to tackle the day and be led to that glory place that he has outlined for you. But instead, this is what we do. Christ, who is living inside of you, is trying to take you right, and you want to go left. And the reason why so many believers are unhappy, are miserable, depressed, downtrodden, and quite frankly, are disenfranchised with church, is because every day they wake up and they literally are fighting with themselves. See, now, it doesn't, I'm going to talk about me for a second. I don't like asking for directions, ever. My wife can attest to that. I think that I know every place that I should go. Like, no, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm not asking directions. And even when I get lost, no, I still know what I'm doing. But what sense does it make for me to have a device in my car or a map in my hand that already has my route planned, can avoid all of the pitfalls, but yet and still, I choose not to listen? Every day when you wake up and you have new mercies bestowed upon you is another opportunity for God to take you to that place where he wants you to go to this pre-planned, predestined, beforehand path, which is going to take you to the good life. Now, I don't know about you, but I can talk about me. We hear about he's able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. Okay? We know this. That's an actual place. The exceeding above all, is a real place that he is just itching to get you to go. It's probably right next to living the good life. In fact, you would probably have to pass by the good life to get to the exceeding above all. 
and that's all he is itching to do for you. But every day, we decide, no, Lord, I have a better plan. And what he wants is for you to actually listen. What sense does it make for Jesus Christ himself to not act the way his father told him to do? Right? That would make him a disobedient child. Huh. No a little bit about that. No comments. And that is what's happening here with our bench warmer mentality. Is that you have Christ literally living on the inside of you who is telling you what to do, where to go. Here's your plan of success that we have already talked about. But you instead choose not to do it. For whatever reason. Mainly because we're afraid. But he knows because he already told you, I'm taking you to a good place. Let me take you to the good place. Who wants to go? I want to go. I want to go. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and it, it talks a little bit more about it there. So Galatians 2 and 20. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified and the Message Bible. So Galatians 2, 20 and 5 says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives where? In me. So we've read it in Ephesians, and we're reading it here again in Galatians, that he's trying to get you to understand where Christ is living. He's living inside of you. And the life I now live in the body I have, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And here's the kicker. Therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift as something of minor importance and defeat its very purpose. I do not set aside and invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace, unmerited favor of God. For if justification, righteousness, acquittal from guilt comes through observing the rituals of the law, then Christ, our Messiah, died groundlessly and to no purpose and in vain. His death was then holy superfluous. He said, every time you decide not to actually let God's glory reign in your life, what you are doing is saying out loud that what Christ did for you on that cross didn't count, didn't matter, and you don't care enough to hold it as dear to your heart because you would much rather do your own thing and sit back instead of letting God guide you to the place that you want to go said, now, Lord, I don't ever, ever, ever want that to be said of me. That I invalidated your death. That I treated what you did for me as just something of minor importance. That, Lord, I know that your grace is sufficient and your glory is awesome, but yet I'm going to treat it like garbage. So every day that a believer lives his life, without experiencing God's fullness, his glory, and his goodness, you literally are spitting on what Jesus did for you on that cross. And at some point in time, you will have to answer for that. Amen. Yeah. That's right. So what about all the the goodness I gave to you? 
But what about, what about the land of more than enough? You, you just wanted to live in almost enough. So, but I have more things for you. So, I have designed your entire life to be perfect. But yet and still, you won't do it. I just don't understand why we would continue to treat God's grace and his glory as just a second thought. Bench warmers have a difficulty in receiving God's grace because they still continue to live like they're under the law. That's what's happening. We're trying to live in grace but apply the law to it. And we know that the law is of no effect. You can't do it. If you could legislate it, then everybody would be able to do it. But it's a free, it's a free gift because he knows you're going to mess up. And he knows you're going to make a mistake. And he wants you to know that it's okay because I'll just bring you right back in the right standing. So it's okay to take a step. It's okay to take two steps. It's okay to take three steps. No, no, something interesting, you know, and, and we talked, we sang a song, above only he can do all that we could ask or think. Yes. And most people just don't believe that. No. They don't. No. The very concept of doing something more than you could ask or think yes. means that God, by definition, is limitless. Yeah. You cannot exhaust his resources. Mm-hmm. Because the moment he does something amazing that blows your mind... Yeah. Well, you now have been raised to another level, like, okay, well, he did that. What else can he do? So he's going to continue to exceed your expectations. But we won't allow him to do that in our lives because we're just too afraid to say, yes, Lord, take control over my entire life. We are unwilling to just give him all. We would just rather say, I'll give you a little bit and a little piece. See, that's why we only receive a portion of healing. That's why we only receive a portion of the blessing because we're only taking tiny little steps. So I'll believe your grace is enough for this. Now I know where I need to go is over here, but this is all I'm willing to commit to right now, Lord. And I'm okay right here. And thank you for this one blessing that you gave me, and thank you for this one answer prayer. So, but actually what he wants you to do is just to continue to walk in his grace and his glory, where the expectation is you winning all of the time. Where it's just victory to victory to victory to victory. And the problem here is that right now we're not recognizing what God wants to do. We talked about that mirror before and seeing Christ inside of us. The problem here is that we don't recognize ourselves. We don't recognize who we are, what we can do, and what we're entitled to. He brought you back into that family, but like we read before, he said you're still acting like an alien to his covenant. You're still acting like an alien to all the promises that God has for you. You have no idea what this glory and what this grace can do because you don't recognize all those wonderful things. So, so right now, what we need is revelation. Yes. Yes. You know, and I like the song and dance, and I like the jiggle and the jerk, and I like the high time, and I like all of that, but you know what? You gotta get some understanding. Yes. You, have to be, you have to get to the point where you can actually use that word that you have in your hand skillfully so that God can get you to the place where he needs you to go. 
because your destination, you are meeting that destination point is critical because what you do there is going to help someone else. Now, we'll talk a little bit later, and I'll, we'll probably just read the scripture where it talks about once you embrace God's grace and his glory, how you attract more grace, more grace, more grace. And it was actually written to the church, so it says you get more grace, more grace, more grace, more people, more people, more people. Yeah. More glory, more glory, more glory, more people, more people, more people. So just think, just think. If every single person in the church decided that, yes, Lord, I'll actually believe what you say is true and will actually stand on your word, and then you will see an explosion happen. But, you know, that takes some effort. That takes a little bit more than I'm willing to give. But that's okay. We can, we can continue to be sick in our bodies. We can continue to not operate in the gifts that he gave us. We can continue to come into church and have a nice time and still leave the same way that we came in. We can continue to do that, and that's fine. But he'll go find another place to visit. Yeah. Eh, maybe you guys don't have it. I doubt that. Because <laughs> I know we got it. That's right. yeah. So at some point in time, we have to take it from here to application. So that's what we're working on. That's what we're working on. So real fast, let's go. Let's see. Let's go to Romans 5. Romans 5 and 1. Romans 5 and 1 in the Amplified Bible. It says, therefore, since we are justified, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, and his anointing. Yes, sir. Through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace, state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. Let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Who wants to enjoy the glory of God? I want to enjoy the glory of God. So, but you have to grasp onto this fact that you have to get your faith into action, which means you have to get off of the bench, which means you actually have to start applying this word to your life and stop waiting for just residual blessings to happen and appear. For the longest time, I knew that I was special and was graced and got everything that I prayed for. But guess what? That was only because I lived with them. Right. <laughs> See, because during that time, there was no effort on my part. Right. It was like, oh, you guys get your prayers answered, so I'll just take what you have. <laughs> and so many times we were starting to glean and glom off of each other without actually standing on our own two feet. Right. Right. So, so at this point in time, it's about execution. Lord, reveal to me your plan for my life. So every morning when I see myself, I see you. And instead of fighting you internally, I'm actually going to listen to what you have to say to me. Because I know your plan for my life is better than my plan for my life. See, because my plan for my life, I'm still working on. My plan for my life requires things that I physically don't have just yet. But you do. In fact, your plan for my life is already laid out. And you've smoothed all the rough edges. And you've yes. moved all the obstacles out of the way. Yes. Now all I have to do is take a step. Yes. And then take another step. Mm-hmm. And then keep taking some more. 
And to the point, I am not stepping, but I am now running. Yes. But y'all don't know nothing about that. That's all right. That's all right. You, you, you sit. You, you sit there. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's okay. So Psalm 78, which I like a lot. Psalm 78, and we're going to go verse 35 through 38. And it says, And then they earnestly remembered that God was their rock and the Most High God their Redeemer. Hmm. We have forgotten what God is and who he is in our lives. The children of Israel right here, they're like, they forgot. They forgot who God was. That's a shame that they had to remember. Maybe some of us need to remember exactly who God is. See, because we're not living in our overflow peace just yet. We need to remember who God is. He is the rock of your salvation, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. He's my creator. He's the end-all, be-all. He's the cat's meow, the top drawer, whatever you want to say. He's that guy. Is he that guy for you? And if he's not, he needs to be. And we don't want to be like these folks right here. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouths and lied to him with their tongues. Said, Lord, it's one thing, see, because bench warmers do this every Sunday, because they come in and say, yes, Lord, I remember. I love you. I love you. Yes. But they don't remember any of that in their hearts. And when they walk out the door, it's like, oh, my God. And the tongues that they just lied to him with in church, they will still speak damnation and death over themselves outside. So you couldn't have remembered if you're just going to say, this will never work for me or he will never bless me, or this will never get done, or I will always be broke, or I will never get ahead, or I'll never get my dreams answered. That's what's happening here. I'm not going to flatter him with just vain repetitions. Lord, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to remember who you are. I'm not going to forget either. And I'm honestly, earnestly going to praise you and give you glory and give you honor because I know how awesome you are. And I know what you're going to do for me. And I am super excited. I I cannot contain my excitement because I know that the plan that you have for my life to get to that above above only and not beneath, to get to that exceeding part, to get to that where you're answering all of my prayers before I ask, I know you're taking me to that point. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? For their hearts were not right or sincere. This is verse 37. Neither were they faithful and steadfast to his covenant. So they didn't even keep their word. This is why bench farmers are on the bench. Because they tried and they stopped. Because they'll say, Lord, Lord, I'll do this. But then they won't do what's right. They won't have any consistency. But, and here's the good news for all of us. But he, full of merciful compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all of his wrath and indignation. I thank God for that. For every single time where I spit in your face, Lord. For every time you told me to do and I said no. I am thankful that you turned away your wrath. I thank you that you still give me grace and mercy. I thank you that you will still allow me to partake of this covenant that I ran away from, even when I knew what was in it. Yes. I'm thanking you for it. Thank you. He is trying to get you to a place where serving God isn't second nature, it's first nature. Yes. And we're talking about serving him the way we're supposed to. Lord, you take precedent over everything. That's right. 
and everything else comes underneath. That's the God that we serve. That's what he wants. That's the position that he wants in your life. He's like, you know, I said, I want you to be active. I said, but this is a relationship. And, you know, I, I, I heard, you know what, it's funny. I heard Pastor Dollar say this, and, um, and it, was, it was amazing. He's like, you know what? He said, Christianity was never designed to be a religion. That's right. Amen. So the entire purpose was for, for be a relationship. Yes. A relationship. You know, and I'm like, that's right. Because all he wants, and from the beginning of time when he had to kick Satan out of heaven and, and, and Adam screwed up in the garden, all he wanted to do was just to spend time with you. That's why he made you. So, so think, it's funny, I think about my kids at home. So Ethan will want to play with Jack. And Jack won't want to play. So Ethan will chase him around. Jackson, Jackson. Jack, 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 Jack. And Jack will push him away, push him away, push him away, push him away. And that's how I see God saying, I, I just, I, hey, 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 don't, don't run from me. I got something I want to do with you. Yeah. Don't, don't run from me. I have something great for you. Yeah. Don't run from me because there's someplace I want to take you. Don't yeah. run from me because there's great things that I have for you. Yeah. said, what I have in my hand, trust me, buddy, you want. Yes. But you're going to run away from me because what you think you have is better, oh. not so. He is looking for people that will actually do it and not just say it. Will you do it and not just say it? Let's go to Psalms 27. Psalms 27, 13, 14 verse in the Amplified Bible. And I need to know if you've ever asked yourself this question like David did. What? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Have you asked yourself that question ever? What would I do, Lord? What would I do? The Message Bible says, I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in this exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. Stay with God. Because it's the only way that it'll work. Stay with God. The interesting part here is that he believed that he would see it. He's a believe to see, not a see to believe. So we're no longer bench warmers in here. We're now believe to see, not see to believe. So Lord, I believe that I will see your goodness in my life today. That's right. And every day we will say that, Lord, I believe that I will see your goodness in my life this day. Yes. This day. See, it's up to you to make this personal. It is up to you to actually get everything from God that he has for you because he's just sitting there waiting with open arms trying to lead you to that place that you should go. And he's standing there with a neon sign flashing above his head, follow me, follow me. And he's just looking like, oh, no, 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 you're going the wrong way. (sighs) She'll, she'll, She'll get it together. 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, come on. And every time that you mess up, he's given you a mechanism in place to get right back in the right standing. Right. So you can continue on this journey. Yes. So we have to understand that even if we fall and falter, that is not the end of the game. It's yeah. just a stumbling block that we pick ourselves up yeah. and continue to move forward. So what I need, what he needs from you is a commitment to say, Lord, you know what? I'll keep going. I'll stay with you. I won't quit. I will take heart and trust you completely because I know that what you have for me is better than anything that I could have for myself. I have a minute and 53 seconds, and I got a couple things that I, I need to get to you. When you get a minute, read Philippians chapter 1, verse uh, 14 in the Amplified Bible. Philippians 1, 14 in Amplified talks about you needing to derive fresh confidence in the Lord. So, Lord, every day, I'm going to have fresh confidence in you. Every day, fresh confidence. You give me new mercies, I'm giving you new confidence every day. So it's an exchange. And because of that, because of that, because of this confidence, I will now boldly speak your word every day. Be like David. He decided to speak that he was going to see that goodness. So are you. So are we. Every day. So, Lord, I understand what your plan for my life is right now. You just want me to listen. You want me to sit down, shut up, and listen to what you have to say. That's what he wants. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 in the Amplified. And, and it, you know, I have to read it because I can't, I can't just, I can't skip by it. 1 John 5. And we'll do 14 and 15 in the Amplified Bible. It says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will in agreement with his own plan, not my plan, but his plan, he listens to and hears us. He listens to and hears us. Do you understand what's happening here? And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. He said, what I want is for someone somewhere that just has just a little bit of gumption to say, Lord, I have fresh confidence in you. He said, Lord, you know what? I have confidence that you hear me when I'm speaking to you and that you will answer my prayer. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 